Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. From the world's first officially recognized sim racing group, it's the Tora Radio Show. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to the Tora Radio Show. This is episode 17, I think, of our 2020 series of shows. Um, tonight's program, you can expect, you know, the typical Welcome to the Torah Radio Show. We do occasionally talk about sim racing news, as well as our Real World Counterpart Series Roundup of the Week. We really need a jingle for that at this point. But first, something completely different. Drifting. Yes. I said drifting. It's it's not something we usually talk about in the Toro Radio Show, right, Lily? Definitely not. I, nothing against our guest. It's definitely not my cup of tea, but hopefully he can broaden some of our horizons, including my own, and we can possibly learn something today. Yes. We do occasionally learn things on the Toro Radio Show. I learn stuff all the time. It mm-hmm. just blows my own mind. Yes. Also. Once again, thank you for joining me, Louie. I didn't actually introduce you on this program. I just got started. That's okay. I'm, I, I think I'm fully expected to show up on a program. I think it's more of an issue if I don't show up on one and everybody wonders where I'm at. Yeah. Or they rejoice, one of the two. I I'm, I'm, haven't figured it out yet. Yeah. Well, like you, drifting's not necessarily my cup of tea. I have an appreciation for it, but I don't really know anything about it. Um, but with the rise of, you know, this racing esports thing that we've been seeing with the... Um, covid pandemic going on um there's also been a rise in drifting esports becoming more popular but luckily on tonight's show we actually have an expert um our guest yes he's known for pitching basically everything and anything sideways including uh, cars you wouldn't necessarily expect including a jag for some reason um (laughs) our guest on tonight's show is content creator mr arrow hd or arrow how you doing arrow I'm doing great, guys. I've been stoked for this for, well, we've been talking about it for about a month, I think, now, and I've been really looking forward to it. So uh, thanks for having me on. Like you said, too, um, you know, I've been in the drifting scene in at least a Forza realm for about 10 years now, and then uh, broadening to different, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, like games. I don't want to say games, the platforms, I yeah. guess. Um, trying to have a hand in a little bit of everything. So, I mean. Um, he, he swore on the show. He said the G word. <laughs> Uh, well, how did you get started in sim racing slash drifting? Um, so I got started in, uh, I'm gonna say Grand Theft Auto, that's not right. Um, I got started in Gran Turismo 3, um, when I was but a wee lad. Um, I was interested in, like, um, after Fast and Furious 1 came out, I was like, oh man, like, loud, ignorant Japanese cars, that's great, I love that, because I was like, what, 8 or 10? Um, and then, you know, obviously games like Underground came out, Need for Speed Underground came out, which had the drifting mechanic in it, but it's an arcade game, Uh, and I wanted something a little bit more, so I jump onto YouTube, and I'm seeing videos from Forza 1 from Project Blackjack, and I'm like, well, this is cool, because they're basically doing competitive drifting in a video game, and nobody was doing that at the time. I was like, well, I want to do that, but I don't have an Xbox. So I started in Gran Turismo 3, and then uh, I got a 360 and Forza 2, and then it's all been... Downhill from there. Uh... And down the rabbit hole he goes, just like much yep. of the rest of us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the same song, different chorus is the best way of explaining it. Yeah. 
you get sucked in, and then it's like, well, this is my hobby now. Yeah, this is life. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to go spend a couple hundred dollars on a sim rig and a wheel now, so there we go. It would, it would, a couple hundred, that'd be nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that'd be we, real nice. we all think it's a couple hundred until we actually start spending the money on it. Then it's just like, where did I go wrong? From somebody who puts their sim racing purchases on their taxes, don't keep your receipts. You'll have a little cry once a year. Just be like, I cannot <laughs> believe it. I could, I could have ate that. That could have been food. No. <laughs> no sir. So um, I am a occasional... I, I pop up in your Twitch stream every now and then, and yeah, I see you so both doing yeah drifting and racing on your channels. Which one are you a little bit more drawn to? I'm thinking the drifting side of the spectrum. Um, well, I mean, I've been doing, I've been involved in Forza drifting, whether it be um, from a competitor, a organizer, or a commentator's perspective for about ten or twelve years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to say I'm bored or burnt out, but like with the big rise of sim racing and a lot of my content creator friends being more involved in the racing side than the, than the drifting side. It's something that I kind of wanted to prove to myself that I could still do. Um, so I'm doing stuff like I'm doing the iRacing Lamar race this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, doing, you know, I did 24 hours of Daytona, um, stuff like that. So I'm not really fo- like head down gung ho. I want to be the best at it. Like that's my mentality with drifting, but I want to still prove to myself and other people that I can still do it. And if if I can get in the sim racing world and and, and be um, not I don't know if respected is the right word, but just like like acknowledged, then maybe that can legitimize drifting as well, just a little bit more. Because I think the the, the context is it's just a bunch of you know when people think of drifting in in a game or a sim, it's more like you think of points and horizon stuff and kind of just you know going out and having fun, not really from a competitive perspective. Mm-hmm. So if I can kind of you know, throw my hat into the racing world and then kind of idly explain what we do in the drifting world and get some people interested, that's a bonus too. But um, I've been focusing on the, uh, racing a lot more, but uh, especially coming in the fall, I'll be back uh, back on the drifting. Okay. So pretend that the Lewis and I know nothing about drifting, which we basically do, so it's not going to be really pretending. That's fine. That's yeah. all right. Um, can you like give us a mini eSports Drifting 101 is it kind of like a Formula Drift event, or is it something a little bit different? Actually, I'll put it even better, because I don't even know how they keep score in the real-life drifting. So go ahead and just give us a crash course on how an event would be, period. Okay, so they're pretty similar. Um, what we are doing on the Forza side, which is the Esports Drift Association, ESDA, mm-hmm. it runs a lot similar to how Formula Drift um, does theirs. Actually, when we did the virtual Formula Drift round at uh, Road Atlanta... A lot of what ESDA does, we borrowed. So basically, um, you have your qualifying like anything else. Um, unfortunately, it's not you know where if you don't make A lobby, you have B lobby. It's either you make the 32 or you don't compete. So mm-hmm. those top 32 guys make it, and then it's a most for the most part, it's a single elimination bracket where you know you have your 32, your 16, your eight, and your four. Um, Drifting is judged on your line, so just like a racing line, um, a lot of times in their drivers' meeting or in for esports, um, they'll put videos out saying, "Hey, we want your car to be here. You need to be here at this zone. You got to ride this line with the back of your car." And then it's the same thing as a racing line, but it's a little bit more defined. Yeah. Um, so that's judged. Uh, your angle is judged. That's pretty easy to uh, to interpret. You know, the more sideways the car is, the better. 
there's also your style as well, which is like um, the fluidity of the transitions, your um, uh, how aggressive you are on the throttle, your throttle commitment, like how buried you are you are in the pedal versus you know someone who's like feathering it. Your tire smoke is also involved in qualifying too, which is weird, but it's part of it. Not so much in the esports side, but um, so then that's scored out of a hundred. And then again, thirty-two guys make it. And then it's a lead run and a follow run when it's the competition. So you get a chance to lead, you get a chance to follow, um, and whoever has the better of the two runs put together uh, moves on. And then it's you know you go that way until you get a guy at the end. So what determines who is the leader or the follower first? Qualifying first score. run, I should say. Qualifying score. If you qualified higher, you lead first. If you qualified gotcha. lower, you follow first, which is not always an advantage. Personally, I like to follow first. I like to put pressure on the guy um, in front of me because um, if he makes a mistake, then my lead run, I just got to putt around. I don't have to do anything cool. So it's the way it is. I, I, don't, I don't necessarily agree with it, but it's different for drivers. A lot of drivers like leading first. Some people like following first. But mm-hmm. it's, uh, I think most series do how reflect like or mirror what happens in real life, which is higher qualifying score goes first. Okay. Just a random aside. So um... – if you're like say not the best qualifier, but you're a better like leader or follower, will you like kind of like advance like kind of how like a driver is not quick as qualifying, but when they get into the race, they can like make up like six places. Is that kind of a I, thing in drifting, or it's possible, but unfortunately, like you have to at least be decent in qualifying. Yeah. Like, um, well, for like example, the <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like. But, I mean, like, if you're signed up for a race, you're in the race. Unless it's, like, some sort of specific, like, we have this driver cut off or whatever. Like, I could be two seconds off the pace, and all that's going to mean is I'm going to have a bad time in the race. I'm not going to have fun. Mm-hmm. But if you aren't, like, for, uh, for ESDA this weekend, the cutoff score was an 80. So if you didn't get higher than an 80, you didn't get to compete. So you you can qualify poorly and still, you know, be able to um, – because it's a different kind of mindset. It's a different, like uh, – way of thinking of going one one on one with somebody versus you versus the track uh, which is like that in racing too a lot like when i race personally i can't qualify to save my life but my race pace is pretty is okay um drifting's a little bit less forgiving in that where if you don't qualify well you're in the stance mm-hmm. so you kind of have to you kind of can't just be like oh i don't qualify very well but i'll do good in battles cuz sometimes you won't even get that far okay I'm literally just kind of warning about a little bit of everything here. Um, I was going to say, I think we're going to be overwhelmed with information here, as will I'm, a lot I'm of our listeners, like, I would imagine, as well. Yeah. I'm trying to like like bring it into racing as much as I can, because it's something that the three of us understand. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the A lot of the mentality and like the actual on-track um, stuff really applies. Like it's you, know, you have to focus on your line and like get everything right. It's just specific situations and little things. Yeah, it seems like with racing where you can take a multitude of different lines into a, a cor- and like a given corner, where in drifting it's like you have to take this line in order to score the maximum amount of points. Yeah, like it's like I said uh, before, I'll use Road Atlanta for an example because there's the 10A, 10B, and then the loop, right? Yeah. There's a specific line, and in real life they'll actually have cones or like little um, – clipping points or okay. zones that are defined on the track with like spray paint or like little cones or something. It depends per series per track. Um, and if you go shallow, that's a detriment against you. Um, and, but in racing, there's some corners that you can take 17 different ways and almost be the exact same pace. 
So you don't have that luxury of, well, I don't like taking it this way, so I'll take it a different way, maybe sacrifice a tenth, but then I'll gain it down the straight. It's like, no, you take it this way or you're not as good as the other guy. So arguably drifting takes a little bit more precision behind the wheel than your typical race. They're two different skill sets. I don't want to I don't want to like compare the the like oh it's your drifting's way more precise. Like in a way, okay. yeah. Um and you have less time. Like uh, a a competitive run is like tw- between 10 and 30 seconds, not 10 and 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. So if you miss an apex by a couple of feet, that could be the difference between you winning and losing rather than I lost a couple of tenths. I'll have to make sure I don't do that again. That's like the big mental difference is like you in racing you can get away with little mistakes here and there uh, especially when you start going rounds and drifting you can't do that or you'll be out we've seen people lose over like one little tire drop or one little correction or one little avo- like one clipping point missed and that's them out of the tournament mm-hmm. so i'd say like it's a little bit more it is a little bit more precise but it's not more so than racing because racing still has like saving tires and fuel that you don't have to worry about that with drifting really um and you know how am i gonna how am i gonna pace myself versus the guy in front of me it's a different kind of skill set yeah okay see i'm learning things i like this so yes um, you mentioned the esda is that like predominantly a forza um, organization are there like other platforms that they compete on or is there like other equivalents on other platforms like that so there's equivalents on other platforms but esda is just based on forza i know that with uh our commentating that we do we did uh, the gaming drift series on gran turismo sport um which is basically that's still their top level series uh in assetto corsa you have a uh, virtual drift championship um and then you have little feeder series um for all of those so esda I mean, in my, I'm sure someone listening is going to disagree with me, but in, in ESDA, in my opinion, is the top level of drifting in Forza in terms of competitive. Mm-hmm. But then you'll have uh, a street-style series that somebody runs that has a different rule set with, like, you know, street tires, and the cars have less power, and that's, like, your your feeder series into your ESDA. Um, uh, gaming Drift Series, exact same thing. So there's, like, your pinnacles, like your NASCAR Cups or your F1s, um, but you do have smaller series for people to learn and get experience, and then move into those big series, much like you had with esports racing as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, because you know Forza is kind of the main topic of this, because we both do a lot of stuff on Forza. Um, I, I've noticed that the racing and drifting communities can kind of be at odds with each other sometimes, and that's putting it lightly. I think you would agree. Yeah, with that. it's not as bad as it used to be. It yeah. used to be awful like in the in the three and four days and i mean i'm guilty of it too um i think it was more of a misunderstanding than anything i think just both sides thought that neither side respected what they did and um at least i can't speak for everybody and also you know force of four at this point was what like six eight years ago um i'm sure a lot of us yeah it's a long time ago so a lot of us have done a lot of maturing um and a lot of growing so i know now uh at least from the competitive perspective uh i mean i've been talking with some other drivers too who do a lot of you know uh you know fours rc what and, and what have you there's a mutual respect of um i might not get what you do it might not be something that interests me or i that i have fun doing but i understand that you still put a, a massive amount of 
dedication into learning what you do and learning how uh, tuning works and your car setups and um, track knowledge and like it's a lot less what I do is better than what you do now. Mm-hmm. Um, think I'm so grateful for that because it, when you're butting heads with two like it's the two biggest communities of the game. No offense to anyone who likes drag racing or anything like that, but. Um, it's the two biggest competitive communities in the game. And if we're arguing with each other all the time, it doesn't look good for anybody. So it's still there. Absolutely. Um, there's still, I'm sure some people out there that are in like the, the high levels of the racing community that think that we all like suck our thumbs and kick rocks. But, um, and I'm sure there's people in the drift community that think the exact same thing, but I want to say on the most part, like on the whole, um, there is that big mutual respect of like, we all put a lot of time and spare time into this, into this franchise, whether it be through organizing like stuff like Torah or you know yeah. competing, so it's better than say, it's a lot of respect and a lot of minding your own business. If it's not something you like, just don't bother mentioning anything about it, sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna force people to watch ESDA if that's not what they're interested in, and people aren't gonna force me to watch you know tour races or or Forza RC races if it's not I'm not interested in. But we don't dislike each other as people anymore, which is like yeah. something that's happened in the last two or three years. Little, just little little improvements towards every- baby steps, man. Baby yeah. steps. Been a long time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely agree with that. It's like we need to have like since we're two very different ends of the racing spectrum. Drag racing's off by itself. Sorry, drag racing. I love you, but games haven't figured out how to do you correctly yet. I really, That's true. No, they really haven't. No. What if we can get a game that figures out how you can late stage and early stage gives you trans breaks, gives you nitrous, then I'll be happy. But until then, come on, developers, figure it out. Anyway, uh, <laughs> back from my tangent. Um, being on two different ends of the spectrum, we need to you know respect each other and to not just throw this unnecessary hate towards each other because at the end of the day, we're doing the same things for the same reasons basically we're creating virtual equivalents of of um events involving racing cars i think i'll put it that way um that we see in real life that we want to compete in but we just don't have the means to do so we all want to be pretend race car drivers man all, that's the end that's the, that's the end goal yeah that's pretty accurate so I want to wear a cool shirt and be a pretend race car driver. That's about it. And if we're stepping on each other's toes, that just hurts us both. So yeah, I agree. more so on a cool shirt idea, right? <laughs> I'm just in it. I'm just in it for the free shirts, man. Like I don't know. <laughs> you guys are getting free shirts? What? <laughs> no, not yet. Uh, so we do occasionally back. talk about sim racing news. Yes, that. So getting us back on track. Um. Say I'm a radio listener and I've been listening to us talk about this for the past 15 minutes and I'm thinking, okay, I have occasional casual interest in drifting. Uh, Where would be the place to get involved if I wanted to get started in doing that? Are there certain tutorials I should watch? Like, What's your opinion, Arrow? Uh, I'm going to speak from the Forza perspective because that's where I'm the most knowledgeable. I'm currently learning Assetto Corsa, mm-hmm. and Assetto Corsa being the more intricate and detailed of all these platforms that I've mentioned, um, I'm not, I don't think I'm qualified enough to be able to tell you what to do. Yeah, um, even if, even if Forza, like, it's, I still don't think that I'm, like, well enough to be able to completely explain to you how to get started, but just do it. 
just get it. Like, don't – a lot of people are like, no, you got to use this car. You got to use this track. You got to use this setup. If you're getting started and you have no clue and you have no prior knowledge and you've never drifted in a video game or a, plat- or a virtual platform at all, just pick a car you like, pick a track you like, and screw around. See if it's for you. And then if you want to take it to the next step and make it competitive, um, then there's you know other things that you can do. Um, but for the most part, like getting into it is as simple as like, I don't know. I like Mustangs. I like insert track here. Let me see if I can do skitty stuff. That's how I know a lot of, you know, mutual friends who were in the, um, in the racing world that got started, you know, they did a little bit of slides here and there. I'm like, Oh, I could do this. And then they're like, I want to get into competitive. Um, and it comes to tuning, uh, in terms of tutorials and stuff. I don't, uh, really believe in that. Mm. Um, a lot of people who seem to put out like drift tutorials, and like use this it's not everybody but it's a lot um make it sound like their setup and their way of doing things is the way to do it yeah and like there's no other way it's like you got to use these tires you got to use this tire width you have to have this amount of horsepower and it's just not true at all much like real life you can go out and drift a chevy 1500 truck if you wanted to it's 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 automotive self-expression and you shouldn't have some wiener on youtube trying to tell you how how you can and can't do that um just go don't even worry about your setup just go out and practice um maybe use youtube to find some competitive sections and and like little areas of tracks where competitive series are run Mm -hmm. and practice those um when you feel like you've hit your skill ceiling and that you're not getting any better and you feel pretty comfortable then you could start Poking, poking the brains of people in the community. If you're not involved in the community, there's a million ways to do that. Um, you know, our ESDA Discord, there's, you know, Twitter, just find anybody on Twitter. Usually, I want to say 80, 90% of the community is pretty helpful to new members as long as, you know, they're not being like, hey, tell me what do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> having, having fielded many questions like that on the Twitter Discord, I'm familiar with the concept. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, I have no problem helping people, but I can't tell you, like, how to breathe. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you have to get, like, a base knowledge by yourself. And drifting is a lot of learning by doing, um, yeah. at least in my experience. I know a lot of people don't agree with that. Um, and they're like, well, there's, like, certain ways that you have to go through. But that's how I learned. I just suffered for weeks as, like, an 11-year-old. I'm like, this is good. I'm going to be good at this. I want to be good at this. This is what I'm going to do. And just sucked and sucked and sucked and sucked and sucked. And then it slowly started to get better and better and better. And then as I got better, I got involved with the community a little bit. And then I had people like, hey, try this with your setup. It helps me to do this. And then I would try that. I'm like, oh, that works. Or that doesn't work. Um, and then slowly you start to learn how to do things, these things on your own. Then you don't need help. And then, you know, you're there. Mm-hmm. All right. I think we came up with a new racing terminology that it, we just learned. Go out and do skitty stuff. Skitty stuff. It's <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. So kind of out of left field, but... Um, I just thought of this question, but what is the most ridiculous thing that you have done skitty stuff in? And that oh, sounded man. really sketchy now that I said that sentence out loud. Oh, man. I mean, Forza is great because it has it's such a good balance. I can't mm-hmm. do the Forza, by the way. Like, I understand that's how you're supposed to say it. I just I'm stuck now. Yeah, I know it's wrong, but it's what I'm going to do. Um It's such a great platform in the terms of like it's realistic enough as to where um, set up knowledge from real life cars still applies to those cars in drifting in, in those games. Mm-hmm. But also I can V8 swap a Hummer <laughs> and and just yep. 
twin turbo V8 swap a Hummer, and as long as I've got the the tire pressure right in the back, that works. Uh, I know in the Horizon games you can get the Gurkha to drift if you set it up right. The Gurkha, <laughs> yeah, the Teradyne Gurkha, the the sixteen the sixteen thousand pound death machine. Mm-hmm. I should say Gurkha, you do that, you clean it up. Uh, <laughs> for those who don't know what Air was talking about. Um, <laughs> It's the this the large tank vehicles from Fast and Furious, oh, five, six. Yeah, oh, that one vehicle. of those. Okay, now I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the big chunky. See, even boy. I was lost, and I was part of the show. Yeah, I can I can never. The Fast and Furious movies started to just blend together for me at this point. It's the yeah, same, that's it, kind it's of basically the same formula. They wreck a '69 70 Charger, and I cry. Um, Vin Diesel grumbles into a microphone for 60 minutes and then it's all family and everyone's fine. Yay. Would anybody like a Corona? They're cold. <laughs> you can have any beer you want. And then you get a really bad looking people's eyebrow that The Rock does way better than Vin Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got completely off topic. Welcome to the Tour of Radio Show. <laughs> uh, where we do occasionally stay on topic. I was like, if he's going to bring up wrestling, I won't stop. So it's better. It's better that we stop now. <laughs> yeah, we might want to do that before Stone Cold breaks out. Okay. <laughs> oh no, not that again. Okay, so <laughs> that, dear listeners, what you call pushing Ben to the brink, breaking point to where he gets it back on topic, regardless. Yes. Um. So Arrow. So I'm going to give you a couple minutes just to kind of plug anything that you do, like um, any of the ESC Dave. ESDA events that are coming up um, where we can find you on the internet that kind of thing so um, what's what's coming up what can we have to look forward to Um, so unfortunately I think ESDA we just had our exhibition um, for 2020 but I think that uh, at that at that uh, level they're planning on just um, reformulating and recalculating and getting ready for uh, whatever Turn ten has for in store for us this year. Um, if they but that does not mean for us this year. We don't know yet. Well, we'll find out. I hope. I mean, yeah. Chris, tell me, Chris, Chris Asaki, I love you. Um, but Please I mean, give as, us as, many knowledges. That, that's a first on the tour radio show. We had an admission of love. Listen, man, I I'm, I I need to buy Chris Asaki a, a cold drink and a crisp handshake. Mm-hmm. I, I I appreciate that, man. Um, one, of, one of the highlights from when I was. In Seattle during the 2018 Invitational, I was having a conversation with Chris and John Heindahl. It was equal parts strange and wonderful all at the same time. Now Chris pops by my stream every once in a while, gives me, mm-hmm. tells me some things I'm not supposed to know. So I appreciate oh, yeah. him as a human being. Ben, I think I think we just found our mole, so I think we got a really good friend. Of that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm just joking. Oh, he's kidding now. Yeah. Don't do me like that, man. <laughs> Give us the on turn 10 deets. Um, but yeah, like I said, ESTA is... <laughs> turn, um, 10, turn off the radio so he can tell us. Mm. <laughs> after, I mean, we'll, that's what the after show's We'll for. be right back. For a commercial break. <laughs> the after party's for. Yep. But anyway. uh, ESTA is on hiatus, but like as for myself, uh, I'm involved with... Uh, Podium Esports. Um, Podium Esports, if you follow the iRacing scene at all, they oh, yeah. ran the first replacements race, which had a lot of... It was like the first... One of the first major sim races that happened after the the, the, the lockdown started. Yep. 
Um, so we help run their drift division. So when we're running events for Gran Turismo and, and whatnot, uh, we run through them. Uh, in terms of myself, uh, obviously I'm I'm a full-time streamer, twitch.tv slash MrRareOHD. I know the name sucks, but it's what it is. Um, I do a little bit of everything. I'm playing through uh, F-Zero tomorrow, actually, which is what I'll be, uh, what I'll be streaming tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. If you like cars and uh, have an op- I do a little bit of drifting, not as much as I used to, one, once or twice a week, just to stay sharp. So, I mean, if you like cars and you like really, really immature jokes, then you're probably in the right place. <laughs> That's pretty awkward silence. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Ara. We really loved having you and having you give us kind of a crash course in drifting. You want to stick around for the rest of the show? We got lots of things to talk about in sim racing yeah. news yeah good day today for all you Assetto Corsa fans oh yes we'll get to that uh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh. but first we need to actually do our real world counterpart series roundup of the week and I swear the title gets longer and longer and longer as we continue through this lockdown um, you're starting to get tired of saying it well that too um, unfortunately though I, I really... sound harsh but <laughs> um, we only really have two series left to really talk about because the world's starting to open back up again. Um, IMSA had their final iRacing Pro series last weekend. Rodrigo Pufka finally wins from the pole. Um, he apparently qualified there like three times throughout the series, but hasn't just been able to pull it together for the racing. Um, he pretty much led, if I remember correctly, um, pretty much flag the flag minus some. Um, mid-race pit shenanigans, but you're always going to have that. Um, the championship winner was, of course, Bruno Spenga, um, winning the championship in dramatic fashion after he literally hit a Ford, uh, I believe it was on lap one, flew sky high, and then actually worked his way back to 14th place overall to be able to secure the championship. So always a great event to see on IMSA. Um, the iRacing Pro Spengler Series. doing Spengler-like things. Yeah, that. Um, well, of course, though, we are all looking forward to IMSA actually coming back later. Speaking of which, I'll be going to that event. Oh, cool. Yeah. Earlier this week, they announced that they're going to allow 5,000 Florida residents, me living an hour away. I'm going to go. Be sure to get us a T-shirt. Unfortunately, I don't think there's going to be any vendors. Oh, okay, it's yeah. a long story, and I'm... Sure, John mentioned all the details of what happened with that yesterday on the show. Yes. So, yeah, no T-shirts, sadly. Yeah. Um, the other real-world counterpart series roundup of the week that we will talk about is the SRO Esports Championship. Um, Kai Lamy actually, shockingly, won the fan vote for the final round of the championship coming up this Sunday. Um, it was against really stiff competition, being against Bathurst and Laguna Seca, and I can't remember the third for some reason. It was Spa, wasn't it? I, think, no, I don't think it was Spa. I think it was a vote between all the endurance oh, then. Yep, circuits. If I don't look I don't know, we need to get Steven from research onto this. Yeah. By Steven, I mean us. Yes. <laughs> Please hold while I look this up. Um, <laughs> it was one. It was the other track from the inter, the, the intercontinental GT pack, wasn't it? Suzuka. That's what it was. Oh yeah, yeah. Why wasn't I not thinking Suzuka? Jeez. I'm not sure why I wasn't thinking Suzuki either. I think there was a round at Suzuka earlier, in the championship. 
I don't know. Moving on. Anyway, yeah. Um, of course, both the pro and the um, silver championships will be going there on Sunday. Um, Louis Dallatras is currently winning the pro class after his win at um, Catalonia a couple weeks ago with Patrick Selva um, being two points clear of his fellow McLaren driver, Arthur Camier. Uh, com- hmm. I am horrible at pronouncing drivers' names. Um, yeah, was, it's the allure of this show. We Everybody just sits back and see how Ben's going to pronounce it today. Yes, pretty much. It's that. And it is hilarious. <laughs> so apologize for anybody out there that has their name mispronounced by Mr. Williams, yes. including our boss, Mr. Hindoff. Yes. Anyway. Um, <laughs> right so. under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so be sure to um, check out that series this week. Weekend, of course, on the usual places, the um, the SRO Esports YouTube, Twitch, the um, Nismo TV, I think also has it showing, but anyway. So, on to sim racing news. So, first thing we want to talk about is Gran Turismo 7 has been revealed, and there was much rejoicing among the PlayStation community. Finally! <laughs> Um, Sport was, was a good Harry over title, though. I will give it that. Yes. Yeah, Gran Turismo 7 Prologue was pretty fun, but I'm ready for the new one now. <laughs> um, Gran Turismo 7 has been officially announced as a PlayStation 5 launch title. Um, we're not going to go into the PlayStation 5's looks right now, because that will be a 15-minute discussion by itself. Comparing uh, it to, 15? Excuse me, sir? Yeah. Comparing it to Keurig's, Binders, some... Anime characters' jackets. You get the idea. Some anime characters' jacket. Oh, yes, that was, one, that was one of the w- photoshops I saw. My favorite also was a white and black binders. Put <laughs> yeah. Um, the game looks very good graphically, but it, that's to be expected. It, I'm assuming it's going to be 4K, if not 8K. They might have said that during the announcement, but I missed it. Um, I was going to say, Polyphony does not make ugly games. No, they I'm don't. sorry. They, they just don't. Um, it looks like that we're going to have a return of the usual Gran Turismo features that weren't included in GT Sport. So you'll be able to upgrade your car again. And there's also the used car market is returned. And to much rejoicing, again, Gran Turismo fans, Trial Mountain returns. And what people assume are many other fictional circuits that have been in. Gran Turismo games have passed. Gran Turismo or Trial Mountain for that game seems to be catching a lot of flack actually lately because of how it looks and basically somebody said the best description I think I've heard somebody describe it as is somebody tilkied Trial Mountain. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So, so is it going to be like a situation with Forza Seven where they redid all the? Um, all the stuff at Maple Valley to make it more updated. Well, it, the problem is, is that it looks like a modern Grand Prix circuit. Now, admittedly, my early days of sim racing all came from Grand Turismo, and um, Trial Mountain was one of my favorite circuits simply because of the scenery that you got with it. I mean, you're in a heavy, dense forest going through a tunnel. Basically, you think you're on some backwoods, twisty, windy road, mm-hmm. and then whenever you get into the front part of the circuit, you suddenly feel like you're 
at an actual circuit, but then you go into a valley in between that's been carved out of a mountain. Then you pop out, you go into a tunnel, and then you're in this forest again, and then you come out of the forest and you're back out onto the uh, main front straightaway there, or backwards, because it is one of those tracks that you can do forwards or backwards. Mm-hmm. And now, from the videos that I've seen of it, basically the forest has been mowed down, you have excessive runoff everywhere, you have a really long, modernized tunnel, which, that looks cool, but then all the other mountain circuit part that you basically drove through the mountainside, which was the barrier, the mountainside, it's just carved out and more runoff. It To me, it just doesn't have the allure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it went from it, it, it doesn't it feels like a race like you said it feels like a racetrack now and it didn't it felt like a little bit different before and it doesn't have the same vibe to it it's part of the lore though because it does say like in the in the paragraph on the screenshot that i saw i was like oh there's been it's been modernized and there's been changes but uh is it even worth bringing the track back when it's completely it looks like they stretched it like everything's longer it's not like this tight um yeah, the stretch that led you onto the front straightaway got sharper as well. They which got is... rid of the jump. Yeah, they did. <laughs> if I was losing whatever, I'm just gonna throw my car into the pit wall. Who cares? But nope, that's gone. I get that though. I kind of understand it. Um, it. It's weird though, because like a lot of Gran Turismo's track design recently has been a lot of like, gotta make sure there's runoffs and like, and it's almost like they're trying to make FIA happy. To a degree, I don't know why they would do that with GT7, but maybe there's something going on. I that think FIA might have their toe inside of that yeah, once again. From everything that I've seen, is that people are expecting that the um, that side of Gran Turismo Sport is going to continue into Gran Turismo Seven. Great concept, I will say that. I've done many a man cup, and they are absolutely great things to do. Mm-hmm. It's a really, really good multiplayer model. Like it's uh, from when people ask me how to get started in sim racing if you don't have a console. I almost say GT Sports like might be your best platform now. Arguably, I know a lot of people will fight me on that, but just for the how easy and jump in and play in the multiplayer is, it's very fun. Mm-hmm. I will say though that Forza doesn't make you, quote unquote, prove yourself in a license before it lets you go in the multiplayer. Maybe they should. <laughs> Maybe they should. I'm saying Maybe I'm not saying they should. A, I'm not saying that that's a good feature to have, but I don't know. Maybe look into that. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, um, also, <laughs> getting back to the press release, also returning are performance points. Um, and because I, I'm i going to be up front, I've actually not played a Gran Turismo game. I played Gran Turismo Sport pretty sparingly. Um, so performance points reads basically like Forza's PI system. Is that pretty accurate? It's close-ish from what I remember in the in the in the short time that I played five and six. Mm-hmm. I, was um, say, I vaguely remember this feature. It's yeah. not ringing any bells, but then again, I didn't really play a lot of five or six. My my last Grand Tourist mode that I really played heavily besides sport was Grand Tourist mode four. If from what I remember, they may have changed it. So this is all speculative. Um, mm-hmm. But from what I remember from five and six, the only thing that changed your performance points was more so power based so you could upgrade your suspension your tires and everything and your and your performance points wouldn't change that much when in forza mm-hmm. that gets factored in yeah um in, in gran turismo it was a lot more so power i could be wrong again i didn't really dump a lot of time in this in this into five and six mm-hmm. um but 
that was what they it was like the same but different and i'm I'm hoping that at least if they bring that system back that was like the major flaw that was the thing that was the reason why on that generation console ps3 versus 360 um i personally preferred forza because i thought they did that better whereas like cool if i upgrade my tire to sport the game's like ah your car has more grip now we should up it in p in, in pi performance index Instead of, well, I upgraded my tire suspension, my brakes, my clutch, my driveline. They're like, yeah, you still have 200 horsepower, though. So, like, here's a here's a performance number. Get faster. That doesn't make any sense to me. But yeah, hopefully they factor that into the new one. Yeah. Um, or I'm wrong. I misremember all of this. I'm yeah. an idiot. That's also possible. So with the announcement, they also released a good amount of gameplay with it. Um, so... Probably the best way I can describe the actual like driving UI is that they basically just hit control copy and control paste from Gran Turismo Sport. But you know that's not necessarily a bad thing. I thought Gran Turismo Sport UI was very intuitive and easy to read whenever you're um, coming up to a corner and you need to look to see where's the car behind me and things like that. I was gonna say, does that upset you at all? It, just it, as a general question for both of you, <laughs> does not because upset me at all. Another thing that wouldn't upset me at all is if the uh, next Forza Motorsport was a carbon copy of Forza 4 and we just got different cars and more modern ones. That's a conversation for a whole... <laughs> we like do, that, that's a we can, can do an words, hour man. on that I, I, alone. I just called them out once again. It's been a yeah. while since I've had a turn 10 rant, so... I yeah, I feel that, man. I feel that. They they had so much right when it came to the UI and, and the... And the and the feature, the community features. So mm-hmm. just to have that back, like, just take all the features from 4, put it in 7's engine... This not to say seven's perfect, but that's a great no. start on next yeah. gen, at least. Yeah. Getting back to Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Getting back to Christmas. <laughs> um, Sorry, I went on a tangent there. No, it's okay. I'm, I'm the worst one of the three of us to do that. I'm doing that the entire show. Um, the track list for Gran Turismo Seven looks very GT Sport inspired. Um, they, on some of the gameplay stuff, there was a map of the world that had little red blips on it. Um, so using rough estimations, um, expect to see Laguna Seca, Interglagos, Goodwood, Brands Hatch, Lama, of course, Nürburgring, Spa, Rebel Ring, Catalonia, all the favorites from, um, GC Sport returning. And apparently Daytona is also returning as well. Oh, good for them. Yes. Grant, yeah, it always seemed weird to me because... I knew that Daytona was in Gran Turismo 6, but it never made the transition into Gran Turismo Sport. Um, I am you... so dumb. <laughs> I'm like, what's everyone so hyped about Daytona for? It was in GT Sport. No, it wasn't. No, it I wasn't. was today yeah. years old when I realized that. Yeah. Oh, my God. I've been arguing with people. That, today. ladies this... and gentlemen, was the longest delay that we've ever had to a realization. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> Many firsts that we've had so far here today. Yes. <laughs> that that kind of also proves my point that Arrow's reaction is like, wait, Daytona wasn't in Gran Turismo Sport? Why wasn't it in Gran Turismo Sport? I'm still wondering that. I'm thinking it's probably a licensing thing or they didn't want to play nice-nice with the FIA. I don't know. But anyway, it's coming back to Gran Turismo 7. So, again, much rejoicing. So that makes me wonder if NASCAR is going to make a comeback as well. Uh, well, speaking of cars, um, they didn't really reveal that much as far as cars goes. Um, the BSA Mono showed up a lot. The um, Aston DB11s in the game. Porsche 
917K. The that thing looks gorgeous. Yeah, the um, the uh, Grand Turismo Vision Mazda that looks more like an Aston Martin than a Mazda Returns, and um, also featured in the gameplay a lot of their GT3 GR-3 whatever they call it cars are also returning. Um, Group three. Yeah. Something along Which is essentially GT3. Yeah. It, it, let's call it what it is. It's GT3. <laughs> so, GT3 GTE-esque. Yeah. That's just the news that we have so far. So be sure to be on the lookout for more Green Christmas 7 news as we near holiday 2020. As vague as that is. Um, next up is F1 2020 had their My Team preview. It was a really short video it was like one and a half seconds, something like that, showing out the customization options that you'll have, develop your own team. And I promise that there's a point to this. Um, you'll be able to do your own custom driver, your own custom helmets, your custom liveries, but it doesn't look like you'll be able to change your number fonts yet. Um, you can choose your engine suppliers. Um, you can have several team sponsors to choose from, which because it's Codemasters, they're all imaginary. Um, you'll be able to select your own teammate from the F1 roster, and there's a bunch of facilities options, and it looks like the usual car development stuff that you see with an F1 game. So if they're I have... with F1, ahead, why can't they do that with, you know, Project Grid for Speed 3? <laughs> Man, I'm still, I'm still so mad about Grid. I'm still so... I'm not mad, I'm disappointed. I played it early at San Diego, and I was so stoked on it. I was like, oh, my God, because like, I just finished playing the 2008 one. I just yeah. finished. I was like, oh, okay, sick. The new one's coming out, and then I got to play it early, um, and I was super stoked on it. And like, I played it two or three streams, so about 10 hours, 12 hours. I was like, wait a minute. It's just the same thing over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you played multiplayer on Grid 2019 when it came out. I, I... I attempted it once, and I didn't have a great experience, so I never so attempted probably it again. The, probably the least good multiplayer I've ever played in terms of launch, where it was the just... The least good. Yeah, you click multiplayer, and it just kind of does stuff. Yes. Like, all right. I don't know who decided that was a good idea, but yeah. that's been fixed. But I think it took it, me like 15 minutes to get into a lobby the one time I tried with Grid, something like that. It was bad, man. It was not good. It was not good. <laughs> Uh, PC was a ghost town. There was nobody playing that game. Yeah. See, Before, actually, never mind. We're not even going to get into that argument. Scratch that, that argument. We have a little bit of time. Okay, I was going to say, even their sister company, Project Cars, was able to do a multiplayer lobby far better than they were. Mm-hmm. I mean, not on the console. <laughs> actually, even on the console. I mean, I mean, F1 2020 having all these features... Uh, I know a lot of people are mad about the sponsors. I got an email about that because I'm on their their racing ahead team mm-hmm. of like content creators. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like it was either have real sponsors and limit what you can do with your team in terms of like paint schemes and whatever, or do it this way. Because I mean, you can't you don't want to have like red and yellow Patronus cars. Yeah. Because I'm sure Shell will be like, excuse me, <laughs> no, yeah. not us. Um. So I mean, I guess that's the way they got around it, but. Um, what you can look, you can almost extrapolate a little bit from that and go, what does this mean for Grid 5 now? Uh, or Dirt 5, sorry, apologies. 
Because I was super worried I that like Dirt Five I was going to be sure if you're making a Project Cars three joke or no, 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 no. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not really versed in Project Cars too much, so I try to keep my mouth closed. Yeah, I don't want to talk ill about a game that I've played probably collectively ten hours of or both. So that's, I don't think that's my place. Yeah, unless someone's being a fanboy, then all bets are off. <laughs> but Project Cars two is so much better. <laughs> Uh, but I'm I mean, what does this keep mean calling for Dirt it Project Proof for Speed? <laughs> That's yeah. You're not wrong, man. You're not wrong at all. Yeah, um, I'm not sure what that means about Dirt Five. I'm gonna assume it's gonna be something similar because I mean, what we talked about in the last show, they have a very deep bench of voice actors coming in to do stuff for the game. So they're probably making like their own ecosystem with it. So I'm assuming it's probably gonna be something similar, where it's not like um, it, it's going to let you have freedom as opposed to um, making you do things a certain way to keep the corporate fat cats happy. Just do Dirt 2 again, but with the career of Grid 1. Job done. Game done. You're welcome. <laughs> Let me build my own rally team, but also keep that kind of dude bro vibe, but not Dirt Showdown it. You know, like yeah. where it's just super dirt, dude bro Like, have a little bit of, like, Rally Cross and, like, X Games Z, but, like, don't make it so clinical like they did with Dirt 4. I don't know. I, I'm pretty confident that what they're doing is not going to be bad, but it all comes down to what they're going to do with their single player because that, at, le- at least to me, that's where Grid 2019 was like a huge disappointment. Yeah, Whereas yeah. I was so stoked for it. I was like, oh, I can't wait to build my teams and do Lamar and like up the ranks. It was like, you could do races and win money. That's the game. Mm-hmm. All right, good, great. Thanks. Then there was the whole thing with the Stadia where it's like, you can have 40 cars <laughs> on track only God. on the Stadia. <laughs> Yeah, let's let's add like the best features into the in a console that's not going to exist in six months. Really, I hope it was worth the, whatever check Google sent you. See, like, I, I really see, hope it was worth it. You're nicer than I am because I was going to say three months. Yeah, I mean, I I, I never got into the state here, right? So I don't again, like yeah. I don't want to really attack something that I Question. never experienced. Myself. Answer. What's a Stadia? <laughs> Good point. Good point. Fair Found point. very Good valid point. point. Um, it's <laughs> like a 3ds the same thing i think I, I was being sarcastic but i'm glad you went there <laughs> <laughs> anyway um Fooled f1 him. <laughs> f1 2020 of course releases in a few short weeks on july 10th 2020 on basically everything at this that's point. uh four weeks away isn't it yes it is yes. i'm Talk sure that cool. matt and jordan will have some type of review for it whenever I, think I hope I get to be part way. of that one because I'll be yeah. playing it myself. Oh yeah. Well, I'm, I'm ashamed to say. Anyway, for so for the last ten minutes of tonight's show, we're going to talk ten about minutes a, already. Really? Yeah, we're going to talk about a set of course of competizione. What could have been? As I'm sure the listeners to this show are aware, a set of course of competizione or calzone, whatever you want to call it. Calzone. Um, <laughs> it has a reputation. I can tell as... somebody is not a regular listener of our program. <laughs> yes, I, I seriously make that joke every week that we talk about it because it's still funny. Mamma mia, that's a spicy video game. It's so good. Anyway, um, ACC has a reputation on the PC for being, you know, the best GT3 racer that you can pretty much get. On I think that's just in general everywhere. It's the yeah. best GT3 racer you can get. But the console gamers, when we learned about... Well, I say we. 
I'm still technically a console gamer, even though I'm slowly being converted to the PC side. But when we learned that um, uh, Kunos Simu... I'm not even going to try to pronounce the last <laughs> When Kunos was bringing ACC to the console, we were all concerned because we all remember what Assetto Corsa Prime was like whenever they brought it to the console. It wasn't exactly user-friendly. Um, it was missing most of the features of the first game. It had no multiplayer. Um, it didn't have private servers for quite some time. But unfortunately, as we learned earlier this week, it's pretty much more the same. The good news is that, according to Kunos, neither the physics nor the audio changes from the PC um, version of the game will occur on the console. Good. That's pretty much the best part of ACC. That's a self-proclamation now. Yeah. The bad news is that the console versions will be limited to 30 frames per second regardless of the model. Yikes. And we'll explain to you why that's a bad thing in a couple of seconds. Um, the PS4 and the PS4 Pro will be able to run 1080p resolution with some improvements to draw distances and to analyzing particle effects on the Pro model. The base Xbox One will be able to do 900p, but the Xbox One X is capable of native 4K. So, let me translate that from non-gamer speak to people who don't understand any of that. 30 frames per second is pretty much the bare minimum for modern games nowadays. Um, most movies. So are, you're going back to like PlayStation Two days there on that one. Yeah, most um, like TV and movies they're filmed at like 25 frames per second because that's what the human eye typically sees. But in the gaming world, the higher frames per second that you have, the better um, you'll be able to react to and make split session this split second decisions about something that's occurring in games. So um, if you're running at um, 30 frames per second as opposed to 60 frames per second, which is what Forza Motorsport 7 runs in the Xbox One, you have literally twice as many frames, twice as many images to be able to react to a car spitting out in front of you. That's an extremely rudimentary way of saying that, but I'm not sure how other way to say it. Um, we also had more bad news that you can have no more than 20 cars on track at the same time in the console versions of the ACC. Man, I was, I was, I read this. So I've been out all day, uh, like doing groceries and, and mm. adult stuff. It's my day off. Um, and I read that on Twitter that it was going to be 30 frames a second. I was like, okay, I'm going to put my piece. I'm going to take my PC pants off for a second, because obviously, you know, yeah. PC, PC, you can run it. You can go like two, three hundred frames per second if you want to. Yeah. I'm like, okay, if they can maintain the graphics. And and the sound and whatever they said. I didn't see the video at this point because there's a video. Yeah. So I was like, if they can we'll they can that. maintain the graphics and like everything else, thirty frames a second is not ideal. But if it's if it's, it's I'd rather thirty a solid thirty than the choppy sixty. Even though like I think if you're playing a sim, like your frame rate is king. I'd rather frame rate over graphics. But whatever. Yeah. And then I saw the gameplay. Uh, it's like a PS2 game. Yeah, it, it's pretty I terrible. Better, yeah. it, Actually, you know what it reminded me of? Remember the console version of Race 07? Yeah, yeah! It's exactly what it reminded me of. You're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. I'm afraid that Kunos has taken what the main complaint about um, Assetto Corsa on the console was 
um, that you couldn't literally you couldn't drive with a controller that they've dumbed it so far down that you can drive it with a controller, but it's completely re- ruined the experience. Mm, I mean, you did see that gameplay, right? Where yeah, it was very, tw- very twitchy. It was but very twitchy. I don't know who was driving, but it's like they couldn't do more than one input at the same time. Because mm-hmm. whenever they would turn, they would like they're off the throttle, then on, then off, then on, then off, then on. So I mean, let's let's hope that it it, it drives okay on a controller. And again, somebody who's on PC, like there's still a market for controller sims because not everyone can getting into you know uh, yeah. getting a wheel isn't as cheap as it used to be. Like yeah. you want a decent wheel setup, you're four, five, six hundred bucks now. Yeah. Um, that's in Canadian dollars, so probably like what, like fifty, a hundred dollars U.S. Something like I'm that. Ki- I'm, I'm kidding. That's a joke. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, like, I don't know, man. Like, 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 I could have taken the graphics being the way they are. I could have taken the frame rate. I could have taken the uh, the the janky gameplay. I could have taken the twenty cars on track, but not all of them. Yeah, like maybe, not maybe all of them at the same time. Just get rid of one of those. Like, give yeah. me the frame rate. Make the rest of it look garbage because you're going to be in car anyway. As long as the in cars look nice, yeah, ish. Can, That's can I further to ruin your day then? Go for it, man. Why just not? like the original Assetto Corsa, ACC will not have private lobbies at launch. <laughs> what they did have job? one job. Uh, but like I said, did we really expect anything different from this? I don't think I did. I didn't think it was going to be this bad, but I'm I'm bummed for all my friends that were excited for it. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of my friends were like, "Wait till a set of course of competizione comes out, you'll see, you'll see." And now, like, you don't want to like admit or not admit, but like be like, "Well, that's not very good." So you're like, "Oh, the the, the, the sounds the sounds sound pretty good." Mm-hmm. It's like that's I that's it sucks. It's such a bummer. Yeah. I mean, if you if you're into that and you don't care and you're gonna play it anyway, then awesome. Then uh, great. There's a great alternative for you. But they, how do you not? That's like what Assetto Corsa, the whole franchise is like. Their main thing is their multiplayer, to me yeah. at least. So that Assetto Corsa, the original, has survived long beyond its quote unquote prime. Because of day. the modding community and the multiplayer community. Wait every I was day. say, if you want yeah. your game to last for years, you open it up to the modding community. R Factor has entered the chat. Like Live for Speed has entered oh, the don't, chat. Don't, don't get me started on R Factor. I could talk to you all show long about R Factor. That that that's my baby right there. Yeah, yeah. That, I, that, I, that, I was, that was a main. little bit before my time. A little bit before my time. I didn't have anything other than a controller, so I didn't even bother. I tried to drive a car on like my PS2 USB controller. And I turned left and right quickly a couple times, and it flipped. I was like, okay, maybe this isn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you definitely need a wheel for our factor. I will say yeah. that. Yeah. Um, it's just it, it's just a bummer. Like, Yeah. On that amazing disappointment. Um, <laughs> amazing disappointment. That, there we go. Yeah. The game is releasing um, before the next show on June 23rd. So um, I'm sure we'll talk about it in some way, shape, or form. Um, I can't necessarily say it's all going to be positive, but um, at least before the f- next show, I'm going to at least try it on both a, um Elite Series 2 controller and then pull my wheel out and try that with it as well to see if um, the console 
on the wheel is even comparable to the PC on the wheel. Just for, you know, the sake of comparison. And remember, and, dear listener, if you want to go out and try drifting things, just go out and get a car, pick a track, do skiddy things. Do skiddy yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. Don't um, be afraid to fail. That does bring us to the end of tonight's program. Um, thank you all for listening. If you um, want more information about the Torah Radio Show, be sure to follow us on Twitter at the on the real underscore Torah, um, using the hashtag Torah Radio Show. Um, of course, you can follow Mr. Arrow HD himself on Twitter um, at, and I'm probably gonna it's it's, mis, it's just Mr. Arrow HD, isn't it, or is it A E R O T E Q? Because I'm yeah, weird and I don't like Mr. OHD, but it's my name now and it's been for 10 years. That's just the way, that's just the world we're living in. Yep. All about that branding. Anyway, thank you, Errol, for coming on tonight's program, hanging out with us, <laughs> giving your <laughs> your very interesting opinions. I, I, I really enjoyed... And his enjoyed... candid reactions. Yes, I, the reactions, I, I the reactions were the best. Calzone. <laughs> Calzone. Uh, Lewis, thank you for putting up with me once again for another week. Well, thank you for tolerating me myself. And that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you all for listening to this episode of the Torah Radio Show. Remember to stay safe out there and stay tuned for On the Grid. This program is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.